well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. So glad you are with us on the program today. Looks like we are getting close here to the uh, Biden administration beginning their push for gun control. On uh, Monday afternoon, the National Rifle Association uh, tweeted out a word that uh, they were hearing uh, that gun control bills could start moving as early as next week uh, in the House of Representatives. And the uh, rumors that they were hearing are that uh, this legislation could start moving uh, directly onto the House floor, that Nancy Pelosi would bypass uh, the House Judiciary Committee and bring these bills forward. The National Shooting Sports Foundation, a warning of the same thing, Uh, And they actually talked about uh, one particular bill uh, that they had been hearing maybe dropped, uh, a bill dealing with the so-called Charleston loophole. So that's what we knew on Monday night. We knew that there were reports, okay, gun control's coming. Uh, They may bypass committees. They may try to bring these bills directly to the House floor. But we didn't really know what bills we're talking about. Well, uh, earlier on uh, Tuesday, the NRA... Uh, reported late last night, Democrats in Congress introduced two extreme gun control bills pushed by Biden and Pelosi. Representative Thompson's bill criminalizes private firearm transfers. Uh, Whip Clyburn's bill gives unelected government bureaucrats the power to indefinitely delay gun purchases. Uh, and the NRA is correct. There were two pieces. Actually, there were three new pieces of legislation uh, introduced in Congress yesterday. Here they are. Uh, House Resolution 1454. Uh, introduced by Representative uh, Adriano Espelat uh, from uh, New York. Uh, this would ban uh, the sale of unfinished gun parts. Uh, specifically, it would amend U.S. code to require firearm assembly kits to be considered to be firearms. So even though we're talking about things that are not finished firearms, are not defined as a firearm under the Gun Control Act of 1968... This bill would require the sale of unfinished gun parts to be serialized and then go through a background check. The text of this legislation is not yet available, but knowing what we know about the uh, Democrats' attempts to ban so-called ghost guns, uh, I think it's fair to say that is um, probably what the legislation is going to look like in its particulars. But we've got those other two bills that the NRA mentioned as well, and the text for those bills actually uh, have Uh, been introduced and are available. So yeah, Representative James Clyburn from South Carolina introducing H.R. 1446, the, quote, Enhanced Background Checks Act of 2021. Uh, This bill would, uh, under current federal law, let's say you go to a gun store, uh, you make a firearm purchase, you go through the National Instant instant Check System, uh, and it comes back not approved or denied, but delayed. Under federal law right now, the FBI has three business days to conduct further investigation to determine whether or not you are eligible to own a firearm. Keep in mind, we're talking about the National Instant Check System, but there's that three-day window if the FBI needs it. Well, what this bill would do would actually expand that time period from three days to 30 business days, leaving you in a legal limbo if, let's say, your name is common and there are other individuals with your name or names uh, similar to yours, who are prohibited persons, you could find yourself caught up in this bureaucratic net 
where you're waiting and twiddling your thumbs for weeks on end before you can exercise your right to keep and bear arms. I don't know about you, I find that to be particularly problematic. Uh, The other bill introduced on uh, Monday night, this is uh, H.R. 8, the Bipartisan Background Checks Act of 2021. Note, by the way, they include the uh, phrase bipartisan in there, although right now the only sponsors uh, are, in fact, Democrats. Uh, Representative Mike Thompson of California uh, introducing this background check measure. Now, here are some of these specifics. and In, in essence, it makes it, it would make it a federal crime for you to transfer, even on a temporary basis, a firearm to anybody else unless you go through a background check or unless they go through a background check first. There are a few exceptions, uh, and here they are. According to uh, this new bill, H.R. 8, uh, this background check requirement Shall not require, shall not apply to any law enforcement agency or any law enforcement officer, or any armed private security professional, a member of the armed services, uh, to the extent that they're acting within the scope of employment and their official duties. So the uh, the police get a pass on this, right? Uh, also, a transfer that is a loan or bona fide gift between spouses, domestic partners, parents, and their children, including step parents and their stepchildren siblings, aunts, or uncles, and their nieces or nephews are between grandparents and their grandchildren. Those are the only family exceptions. So this is weird because think about this. So so under this federal law, you're not allowed to transfer a firearm to your cousin without going through a background check, right? But you could transfer a gun to your aunt, and then she could transfer the gun to her daughter Without a background check. Again, this is stupid. But this is what Democrats are proposing. Uh, More of the uh, exemptions, which, by the way, are just loopholes that will need to be closed by uh, future legislation. Uh, The other uh, exemptions, a transfer to an executor, administrator, trustee, or personal representative of of an estate or trust uh, that occurs by operation of law upon the death of another person, which is weird. Again, if you're trying to keep guns out of people's hands and uh, the unlawful transfers of firearms, but you can give one to an executor and they don't have to go through a background check. And this is a, another weird one. A temporary transfer that is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm, including harm to self, family, household members, or others, if the possession by the transferee lasts only as long as immediately necessary to prevent the imminent death or great bodily harm, including the harm of domestic violence, dating partner violence, sexual assault, stalking, and domestic abuse. Now, the way that I read that uh, is basically if, if you're worried that there's somebody in your house who may pose a threat to themselves or other, you could then give your gun to somebody else for safekeeping until that immediate threat has passed. What about the other scenario here? Let's say you get a call late at night from your neighbor or your best friend. They just broke up with their spouse or their boyfriend, and the boyfriend won't leave them alone. When do you have the legal ability to transfer that firearm to your friend? The abusive spouse or the abusive ex has not yet shown up at the door. They're not banging to be let inside. So under this law, I would say you don't have an imminent threat. You have a potential threat against your life, but not an imminent threat. It's 10 o'clock at night. This person can't go buy a gun. And by the way, with the Representative Clyburn's bill, they may be waiting a month before they're legally allowed to do so anyway. So what happens to them? 
They've got to wait until that abusive ex starts to try to break into their home. And then they get to give you a call and say, help, now I need the gun. And then you're allowed to drive over and say, here, have a gun. Use it in self-defense. And I need it right back. That is how, again, that's not a hypothetical. That's how the law would have to play out. And these are scenarios and situations that happen every day in the United States. And it would be a criminal offense if this background check bill were to become law. Uh, A couple of other provisions here. A transfer that's approved by the Attorney General under uh, Section 5812 of the Internal Revenue Code of 1986, uh, or a temporary transfer if the transferor has no reason to believe that the transferee will use or intends to use the firearm in a crime or is prohibited from possessing firearms, and the transfer takes place and the transferee's possession of the firearm is exclusively at a shooting range or in a shooting gallery or other area designated for the purpose of target shooting, while reasonably necessary for the purposes of hunting, trapping, or fishing, if the transfer has no reason to believe that the transferee intends to use the firearm in a place where it's legal and has reason to believe that the transferee will comply with all uh, licensing and permit requirements for such hunting, trapping, or fishing, or while in possession of the uh, transfer. That's, that's it. Those are the only exceptions uh, under the background check law introduced, or the background check bill uh, introduced by Representative Thompson. So there are, first of all, ways to, first of all, we know that criminals aren't going to abide by this law anyway. We, we know this. Uh, universal background checks have been on the books in a number of states, and they are rarely prosecuted. First, it's really difficult to determine when a firearm was transferred. Uh, we've had a background check law on the books in Virginia for uh, a year. I'm not aware of it being used once, as a matter of fact. Uh, so that's one problem, the enforceability of this. But the other problem, well, one of the other problems with this, there are multiple the, the the vague standards that are being used here to define when it is actually legally allowable for you to transfer a farm without going through a background check. They keep it as vague as possible. What 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 is an imminent threat? Again, well, they don't define that in the bill. You're just supposed to know. And if you don't know and you make a mistake and you end up transferring a firearm when uh, the government says you shouldn't have, guess what? You're guilty of a crime. So what does this do other than, you know, give Democrats a, an opportunity to say, look, we did something. Well, we know that um, unless you've got firearms registration, unless you've got some sort of database of who owns what gun, a background check measure like this is really going to be ineffective. So I view a bill like this as a first step towards a gun registration bill. And by the way, a gun registration bill may very well be a part of the uh, the package that Democrats bring forward next week. We still don't know specifically what bills Democrats are going to try to start moving. These three bills were introduced in Congress on Monday. So we can maybe assume that these three bills are going to be part of whatever legislation Nancy Pelosi brings forward Again, perhaps as early as next week. But it doesn't mean that those uh, bills that start moving are only going to be these three bills. We, we could very well see the introduction of Joe Biden's gun and magazine ban. We could very well see the introduction of uh, Joe Biden's plan to uh, give grant money to states to establish subjective issue gun licenses. Uh, remember, there are a number of proposals here from Biden. And we also don't know, by the way, if the introduction and the... Uh, 
the 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 emphasis uh, on these gun control bills in the House will coincide with any executive actions from Vice President Biden. We know the gun control groups have been getting antsy. They've been demanding that Biden start to move on this. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that uh, if we do see Nancy Pelosi bring these bills forward next week, that's going to be Biden say, look, look, we're, we're, we're doing it. Quit, quit yelling at me. But that's not all that the gun control activists have been demanding. They've been demanding executive actions on the part of Joe Biden as well, including, again, executive actions to try to ban uh, the sale of unfinished gun parts, uh, including the appointment uh, uh, and the creation, quite frankly, of a, a director of gun violence prevention that would work within the White House uh, and a number of other executive actions that are aimed squarely at legal gun owners as opposed to violent criminals. And that's exactly what these bills that I just talked about are all aimed at. The, the uh, bill from uh, Jim Clyburn aimed at people who are going through the legal process of acquiring a firearm. They're going through a background check. And if the government can't do its duty as part of the national instant check system, well, then the national instant check system becomes a national 30-day, maybe we'll get back to you, system. Again, criminals aren't going to abide by that law. They're not going to care because they're not acquiring their firearms legally. They're not going to go through a background check when they get a gun on the black market or when they steal a firearm. And by the way, when it comes to uh, trying to ban the sale of gun kits without a background check, I hate to break it to the uh, anti-gun members of Congress, but it is entirely possible for criminals to simply print a firearm from a 3D printer without ever going online and buying a gun-making kit to begin with. All of these efforts, again, are aimed at you and I and every other legal gun owner out there. We don't know that these three bills that I just talked about are the only ones that are going to be introduced, but I have a sneaking suspicion that we're at least going to see these three bills uh, start to move in the coming days. So we're going to keep paying very close attention to this. I would encourage you not only to, you know, keep watching our show daily, uh, but check in with the major Second Amendment organizations like the NRA, like Second Amendment Foundation, Gun Owners of America, Farms Policy Coalition. Uh, if you're not following them on social media, you should start doing it. And, uh, and, and we need to stay informed. We also need to stay engaged. Uh, and it would not be a bad idea for you to start writing your member of Congress right now uh, and urging them to oppose these measures uh, as, again, unenforceable, unconstitutional, ineffective, aimed in the wrong direction. We do have in this country right now a rise in violent crime. But legal gun owners aren't to blame. As a matter of fact, I've got a story uh, at Bearing Arms this afternoon, uh, a good bill introduced by a Democrat in Pennsylvania, Representative Eamon Brown, who is a freshman legislator from Philadelphia. And he's introduced a bill that doesn't call for a gun ban, doesn't even target legal gun owners. It targets felons in possession of firearms. And it increases the penalty for being a felon in possession of a firearm each time a felon in possession of a firearm is found in possession of a firearm. This is a targeted approach, dealing with the most prolific and violent offenders. That's a good bill. That doesn't go after anybody's constitutional rights. We're talking about people who are already prohibited by law from possessing a firearm. These are also, again, the individuals who are driving violent crime in cities from coast to coast. Not legal gun owners. That is the way forward. 
to make our city streets safer and to ensure that the rights of citizens are not violated. Unfortunately, Democrats in Congress are taking a very, very different approach, targeting and trying to criminalize our right to keep and bear arms in the hopes that it'll have some sort of effect on violent criminals. But if it doesn't, well, we'll still be uh, targeting those icky gun owners and their awful Second Amendment rights. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizens story, which I'm sure the uh, sponsors of this uh, federal legislation would not be happy about. Our uh, good deed of the day and our recidivist report, which again is where the problem really lies here, and we will start with a, a story out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri. John Albert, on probation for a gun conviction, charged with murder now in a uh, shooting last June in St. Louis. The 24-year-old charged over the weekend with first-degree murder and armed criminal action in the June 29, 2020 killing of Carmen Parnell. Uh, according to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, the uh, 20-year-old Parnell was found shot to death in the foyer of a home in the uh, city's Penrose neighborhood. A witness identified John Albert as holding a gun and arguing with Parnell just before the shooting. Uh, Albert, being held without bail at the moment, he is on probation in a 2009 illegal gun conviction in St. Louis County. He did not yet have a lawyer at the time of uh, this report, but here you have a guy, again, just a couple years ago, busted for illegal gun possession. Slap on the wrist. Going about your merry way, sir. And less than a year after he was convicted of that crime and was given probation, he allegedly shot and killed a woman. And now, almost a year after that uh, murder occurred, he's finally been arrested, is facing charges, and is now being held without bail. Our armed citizen story from uh, Missouri as well, St. Charles, Missouri, where police say a 66-year-old man shot an intruder who forced his way into his apartment. This was early Sunday morning, uh, according to KMOV in St. Louis. Man was asleep inside his apartments when he was woken up by yelling and the sound of gunshots outside of his front door. Uh, he uh, said the man was visiting family, did not live in the apartment. He went to get his gun. Police said that uh, 28-year-old Marshall Funkhauser of St. Peter's, Missouri, kicked open the apartment door, forced his way inside the dwelling. The two men then exchanged gunfire, hitting each other. The 66-year-old was shot in the lower abdomen. Funkhauser was shot in the torso. Funko tried to, or Funkhauser tried to escape. But officers found him uh, hiding outside the building. Police said neither the victim nor the family know Funkhauser. This was just a random incident. Uh, both men still recovering from the uh, injuries that they received at a local hospital. Funkhauser has been charged with burglary, assault, and armed criminal action. He's being held on a $50,000 bond. The 66-year-old who defended himself and his family members not facing any charges. And uh, hopefully will make a full recovery here in the very near future. And finally today, our good deed of the day from Riverhead, New York, where Officer Jill Kubitz, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of an infant on Monday morning. It was just before 9 a.m. Uh, when 911 got a call about an infant choking at a, a nursery school in Riverhead, New York. And Officer Kubitz uh, was the first to respond. She uh, arrived within one minute, found the infant with a fully obstructed airway, could not breathe at all. She ended up using back thrusts to dislodge the object from the child's lower airway. It was a large Lego 
block that had gotten stuck in the infant's windpipe. Um, thankfully, she was able to dislodge that uh, Lego enough that uh, limited airflow was restored. Then when the volunteer ambulance corps responded, she held the child while a paramedic, Christine Classard, was able to remove the two-inch-long Lego from the child's throat. Uh, the child, who's just under a year old, taken to a local hospital for evaluation. Uh, father later visited the Riverhead Police Department with his child to express his gratitude to the officers and ambulance responders for their quick thinking and their life-saving actions. So in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Sergeant Jill Kubitz with the Riverhead New York Police Department, we thank you very much for your good deed. Now, that is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. But again, I want to reiterate what I said at the top of the program. We don't know for sure that these bills are coming, but we've been hearing from multiple sources that uh, as soon as next week, the Biden administration could begin its legislative push for new gun control items. So it is, again, if you care about your Second Amendment rights, it's critically important that you be engaged and involved right now, uh, that you contact your member of Congress and you tell them, no, hands off my Second Amendment rights. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you go to bearingarms.com, Go find that story that I talked about a little bit ago, uh, Representative Eamon Brown from Pennsylvania. I think the headline is, uh, uh, Pennsylvania lawmaker has right idea on crime. Send that story to your member of Congress, whether they're you know pro-gun or anti-gun, but send that bill or that story to your member of Congress and say, look, this is how we need to be addressing violent crime. Not by trying to impose new restrictions on legal gun owners, not by trying to criminalize the Second Amendment and create crimes out of the right to keep and bear arms, new nonviolent possessory offenses that will give people a criminal record if they loan a gun to their cousin or if they sell a gun to their neighbor uh, when they've known that neighbor for 20 years and they know that they're not a prohibited person. This is a constitutional overreach. It is a completely ineffective way at trying to increase public safety. The only good that it would do, actually, let me, put, let me rephrase that. The only people who would see any good in a bill like this are those who want to restrict and infringe the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Because criminals aren't going to be touched by any of these bills introduced in Congress. You want to get serious about violent crime? Don't go after legal gun owners. You want to get serious about improving the safety in high crime neighborhoods? Don't go after the people who aren't committing the crimes. It's pretty simple. You want to, uh, you want to, and by, and, and by the way, the corollary to that, you want to make gun sales go up even further? Start introducing gun control bills that target legal gun owners. You, you, you want to see uh, record-setting gun sales continue in 2021? Yeah. Keep, keep going after the people who are law-abiding, legal gun owners exercising their constitutionally protected rights. You'll, you'll, you'll definitely increase gun sales. Again, you won't impact violent criminals. You won't impact the violent crime rate. You'll get more guns in the hands of Americans. And I don't think that's what these folks want. Certainly be an unintended consequence. But again, at the end of the day, there's no good reason for any of these bills. They're infringements on a right to keep and bear arms. They are aimed at legal gun owners instead of violent criminals. And they would impose new criminal offenses where our right to keep and bear arms currently exists. All right, we will have more for you on the next edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Don't forget, 
Uh, you can subscribe on YouTube to Town Hall Media. That way you'll never miss a program. On Rumble, Barry and Arms, Cam and Company, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, townhall.com's podcast page. You can find us there as well. Just look for Cam and Company or Barry and Arms, Cam and Company. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk. Uh, I'm going to knock on wood that uh, we, we actually are able to make this happen. But we are scheduled to talk with Chuck Michelle, President and General Counsel of the California Rifle and Pistol Association, about a couple of cases out in the Ninth Circuit. Want to get his thoughts on some of these uh, gun control bills we've seen introduced in Congress as well. Again, that's coming up tomorrow. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.